30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you've left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard Doug Marsh once said, If you are lonely, you're not alone. I think that's a sentiment that a lot of us can relate to as the world drifts apart and we find ourselves spending more time alone at home watching Netflix and less time out connecting with friends. Today's guest is Jillian Richardson, who has made it her personal mission to combat loneliness and create connection in New York City. She runs Joylist, which is a weekly email digest of positive events in New York City, where there is an opportunity to connect with other people. So going to a gallery, seeing a show, things where you're just going to mill about in a crowd, they don't make the cut. And instead, the Joylist is full of intentional dance parties and meditation socials and any event where there's a moment where you're able to connect with the other guests there. Jillian is also just a wonderful human being that I'm happy to call a friend. And today she is joining us in Ritual Magic to help us discuss creating a community and how it is that we can go out into the world and not just stumble around and stand on the edge of conversations waiting for our turn to get involved and for someone to say hi to us, but to really dig in and create meaningful, lasting connection where acquaintances become friends and friends become close friends. And before we know it, we're looking around a room and thinking, I know these people. So let's explore that very special magic that is human connection as we learn how to create a community. All right, Jillian, welcome to Ritual Space. Thank you. What's our magic word going to be? The magic word is connection. Connection. Great. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Connection. connection. You feel it? I feel it. Do you feel the feel... the wave of echoes throughout time of all of the different people that ever say that? I have a feeling there's one particular person 273 years from now who just pressed play. I'm like, really? I'm feeling it. You're feeling it. I'm feeling it. It feels yeah. good. There, I feel like that person's going to get a lot from this. Right. Well, you know, we're, we're going to talk about how to create a community today. And I mm-hmm. guess one thing that's often neglected is how do you create a non-time-bound community? But Oh, man. <laughs> I think that's going to be Jillian in like 20 years. I'll write a book on that when the technology is caught up to the ideas that you have. Yeah. I think that'll be pretty good. Okay, great. <laughs> but so you're um, you're an amazing community organizer. You mm. are really just, uh, you're like, they, I, I remember reading forever ago about the idea of like the super connectors. So most people, if they look at their group of friends and they, th- they think, how do I know these people? And they trace, well, I met this person through this person through this person. They'll go back and they'll get like three people that are the ones that introduce them to pretty much everyone they know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're doing that except you're introducing people to events that are then these like hubs. So it's like Mm -hmm. you're like one meta level up. (laughs) Thank you. 
Yeah, that it's it's a thing where I feel like events have changed my life so much. I think I've found the the people who've shaped my life through events and how I became less lonely and felt like I had my community was through putting myself in the right spaces. Like I was doing the thing that I think a lot of people do, which is like going to bars, just like meeting people through friends. And I realized that I felt really disconnected because I was in spaces where the culture was not to have a deep connection with people. They're really fragile connections. Mm-hmm. Like when I, when I first moved to Texas, that was my problem. I was going out to bars a lot and you'd talk to someone about something at two in the morning and I'd get their phone number because I was so desperate for friends. Yeah. And then you never text those people. You mm. never connect with them. It's it's just, it's like spider webs. They just... Yeah, they disappear. They disappear. And that's what so many people think that's just the norm mm-hmm. because that is the norm in those spaces. So why I love promoting events is because for me, like... I went to some like meditation events or a sober dance party where the way that I was connecting with people was different because the atmosphere that was created through the rules of the event was different. So we had permission to just kind of like drop these bullshit walls and actually be like, hey, what's what's going on in your life for real? Who are you? What are you excited about? What are you struggling with? And... I'm the kind of person now where I ask people those questions all the time. And in some spaces, people don't even blink. They're like, oh, yeah, this is the thing that I'm struggling with right now. But if I just said that to a person in a bar, they would look at me like I was nuts. It's sort of breaking a conversational rule mm-hmm. of you're skipping you're skipping ahead in the book and we're, we're supposed to be on the table of contents right now. Yep. So how do you uh, how does that permission get expressed? Like, what mm-hmm. do you feel like the events that you were gravitated to were doing differently? Yeah, I think that they were just bold enough to create a space that is explicitly different. So an example that I love is the get down. It's a dance party where when you buy a ticket for the event, you have to say that you understand what enthusiastic consent means. You agree to not have your phone on the dance floor. You agree to not have drinks on the dance floor. And I believe, are there any other rules? Kind of making the dance floor a sacred space yes. that you have to enter with intention. Mm-hmm. Because that's, I've I've run into that where, yeah, it's like a dance floor that feels like the the crowded subway station and you're just packed in and you're mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Is, is this a dance party or are we just like, what is going on here? Yeah, that, that the dance floor has become a place where people aren't dancing. Everyone's walking around looking for the part of the dance party that's better. Yep. But because they're searching for it, it's pushing it further and further away. Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly that you mentioned to me one time that you were at a party and you created a circle on the dance floor. I think you drew a circle and you said, if you are in this circle, you have to be dancing your face off. Oh my God. And I don't know if you actually did that or if you were using that as an example of like how people's behavior changes when you give them permission. Mm-hmm. But that's so stuck in my brain. And I think I've used that as an example for other people too. Like, People want to have permission to exhibit these behaviors, like to dance their face off, to do something silly when they're sober, to just be in the moment. But the world has trained us to not do any of those things, to be glued to our phones, to use alcohol as a crutch, 
to like not be in our bodies and be mm-hmm. silly and playful. So to say like, no, nope, like you're allowed when you step into this space to drop all that stuff because those are the explicit rules. And if you can't follow them, you can't be here. I, I, you're absolutely right. And I think that's something that more of us are noticing and talking about now mm-hmm. that the experience explicit permissions of like this is the vibe of the space this is what we're asking to do people are often a little bit more like cagey with they're like why are you telling me what to do Mm -hmm. but all the subtle ways were influenced where a space is designed to make you go to the bar and get drinks like Mm -hmm. it's the illusion of you're here for a dance party you're really here to support a bar yeah or your phone is subtly influencing you all these ways like Mm -hmm. we're so under the sway of subtle influence and then yet we've been somehow conditioned to be distrustful of each other Mm-hmm. Of like, wait, why are you? Why are you trying to tell me what to do? Like, yeah, I should be able to dance or not dance at this party. Like, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because like the typically the get down this party happens at either House of Yes or Cielo, and then which are both like clubs, clubs in in Brooklyn. like one is in the Meatpacking District, one is in Brooklyn. But yeah. it's spaces where it's like if you're in that venue, you're only there for that event. So like, you're there because of the event. Mm-hmm. And then they've had the event occasionally at Output, which is a larger club where people could kind of like trickle in who were there for a different event. Uh, And the difference between the people is crazy obvious. Yeah. Like where they don't know the rules of the space and then it immediately becomes obvious why those rules are there. Yeah. It's like this dude is drunk. He's not dancing. He is yelling at someone on his cell phone. Yeah. Like, he is ruining the space around him. Um, and then it's so crystal clear why these rules are in place. The event, events are sort of, you know, a form of ritual magic. You're, mm-hmm. you're setting intention. You're bringing people in. You're creating a space. And I think when you make those boundaries more clear, you can then have more magic happen in that mm-hmm. moment than if you just imagine, you know, the gallery that people are wandering off the street and they're looking at stuff, they're taking a photo of stuff, they're wandering out. Yeah. Um, it's why you can have, I think, often a better conversation at a house party because there's some curation. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the host to some degree. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe their friend's friend brought them to the party. Yeah. But it's still like there's this idea that we've all been vouched for mm-hmm. rather than, I bought a ticket on the internet. Yeah, like we're here because we found a $15 discount code. Yeah. Like, we're just together. So for, you know, creating the community, what do you what do you think are the elements that um, that really help people feel like they're able to create these connections at mm-hmm. events? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think, again, like that when somebody creates a space with intentional agreements and you could show up alone or like speaking for myself, I can show up to an event where there are these agreements by myself, I know that everyone who is there has agreed to jump over the same hurdles as me. So we have something to connect over already. Like you are the type of person who has agreed to put their phone away and be sober and dance when you're on the dance floor. Like we can have this connection. So I think for people who are looking for those kinds of communities, find the spaces that have rules that you love. Yeah. Or... What I did was to find spaces where those rules challenged me. And I didn't feel like I was the kind of person who could do those things, but I wanted to be. And I wanted to be around people who felt comfortable in those spaces. Like, 
ecstatic dance is the perfect example of like I did not feel comfortable walking onto a dance floor and just like feeling the music in my body and dancing in ways that were not like cool kid dances it was like dancing to get feelings out of my body and to just therapeutic it was like therapeutic dancing essentially which I'd never seen never done growing up in Fairfield Connecticut that was not a thing that was around me not a lot of ecstatic dancing happening in Fairfield not a lot of ecstatic dance happening in Fairfield exactly so you're it's it's like the the ground rules Mm -hmm. allow you to then push on specific things because it's not like you're in a space where there's so many unknowns, mm-hmm. is some guy going to grab my butt? Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about this other stuff and I'm trying to get over my own discomfort. Mm-hmm. You're able to say, I know that all of these things are taken care of and now I can just push in this one direction yeah. and make this happen. And it gives you permission to become that person if you're yeah. not. It's it's This is kind of a weird twist because I think it's a very different style of party than the ones that you've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, the filmmaker Alejandro Jodorowsky mm-hmm. wrote in one of his books about when he was growing up in Chile and because his life is magic and crazy, some famous artist was like, I'm moving. Here's the keys to my loft warehouse. And this is in like the 50s in Chile. Uh-huh. And gives them this just like amazing space. So they start throwing these parties there and when you show up at the party, you get handed a glass of just like cheap vodka and you have to drink that before you can go inside no but then no alcohol is being served inside the party uh-huh. so everyone that's there is drunk enough that like they're like letting down their inhibitions and like going with it but no one's continuing to drink so no one's becoming like the wasted problem person yeah and so I mean these are freaky I would be a wasted problem person if I had a pint of I know, I know, I know. Like, it, it was definitely extreme. It was very much a sort of, like, Dada-esque, like, yeah. weird surrealist thing. But just so interesting. I mean, nowadays I think that would not fly because we're very, like, don't tell people what they have to consume. Yeah. You know, but taking the um, the amount out of the equation of, mm-hmm. like, you know, who's going to go up to the bar and get too wasted or who's going to, like not drink and be like kind of uptight and yeah. instead everyone's at this level of like we're all like we're all in it we're all in it you know yep. like cause, yeah it's like this crazy all night art party yeah yeah I love that idea I would go to that party I think I mean like I think yeah I think it's the same thing with you know when um when people take psychedelics I feel like there's mm-hmm. a very different vibe when the whole group takes them together and there's no other mm-hmm. energy it's like that versus three people in the group took it and then the other friends are like like, what's you, wrong with are you? Are you tripping? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Man. Well, I guess one other thing I wanted to say was... Please. One, for people to show up in these spaces and find the spaces that have the rules that allow them to be the type of person that they want to be mm-hmm. or be around those types of people. But also, a thing that I don't think people talk about enough or do enough is create the spaces that you want. Yeah. It's the thing that, for me, has changed my life in New York the most is having the courage to say like this is the thing this is the world that I would like these are the people that I would like to bring together I'm not confident I can do this but I have the courage to try I'm going to make a space and invite people and see what happens and it did just like wonders for my sense of belonging and my sense of community 
because I was the person who was like, I would like a place where people who have full-time jobs but would like to work for themselves can get together and talk about how they're going to do it and exchange tips. Like, I can't find that space, so I'm going to make it. And then suddenly I have this vast community of solopreneur friends because I was the person who took the time and energy to make the space. If you see something lacking and you want it, then there's a good chance that you're not a total freak and there's other people that are like yes. you. And when if you build it, they will come. And it's like it happens to me constantly. And honestly, I kind of wish I didn't have to be the person who makes it. Like yeah. I know my personality and that is the thing that I will just do. But it surprises me how many people will say like, oh, I wish like, I wish I could be invited to more dinner parties. Yeah. I'd be like, what if you hosted your own dinner party? Right. Like, I know Be people, the change you want to see in the yeah, world. Yeah, be the change. Be the party. Be the dinner party you would <laughs> like to see. Yeah. And for people who've recently moved to New York City, like, I met a woman recently who said, she was like, oh, I would love to host dinner parties, but I don't even know who I would invite. And I'm like, invite three people and ask them all to bring two people with them. There you go. Done. One homeless wild card. And there you go. <laughs> and you're set. And you're set. You're, gonna, you're guaranteed uh, an interesting experience. and Yeah. Different cultures coming together. No, I think uh, someone told me once, because they threw this awesome, awesome party series, and I was interviewing them about it, and they were like, we threw the party that we'd always wanted to see in the world yes but then the thing that sucked about it is i got stuck working the door at yep. my dream party yeah and so i think that's why that's the whole idea of the community is mm -hmm. it you know if you are always hosting the dinner party you're never going to just be at the dinner party yes. and so you've got to share that so mm -hmm. other people have to step up and yeah and, and be the one to cook the roast for that night mm -hmm. i'd love to see that more like i told you earlier like i'm just coming from a brunch that i hosted at my apartment and it's this bringing together of all of these people that I love and deeply care about. But because I'm the host, it's a lot of kind of moving from person to person to person and not being able to have the deep connection. Yeah. So there definitely is also something to be said for being the guest and not being the host. Yeah. Host energy is a lot of squeezing someone and go, one second, I'll be right back. Yep. And then you never come back. <laughs> and you never come back. I need to stop saying that because I realized I'd hurt someone's feelings badly yeah. by doing that. And I thought that it was kind of the polite thing to say. But then they, I don't blame them at all, genuinely yeah. thought I was coming back and I got like swept up in yeah. help like finding some volunteers or something and never came back. Um, and I think sometimes people don't understand that element of hosting as much. Well, yeah. again, if... If they have not been, if they have not created the thing, if they've not been yeah. in that role, it's, it's, it's hard to understand that. Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's a very interesting vibe where you, an event ends and you're like, that was hours. And I feel like no conversation I was in lasted for more than 10 minutes, yep. which is different than Definitely. when you're at another party and you just find the one person and you end up talking for two hours in the corner and mm -hmm. you're like, there's a lot of people here, but I've only, I've only got so much attention. And yeah. Let's, yeah. Um, I'm curious as to what, like... I've thought about this a lot of being someone who's moved places and, mm -hmm. you know, what works and what doesn't. Like, going out to bars over and over, I found those conversations to be great but fragile and they didn't lead to connection. Yeah. And I sort of eventually realized it was this idea of repetition mm -hmm. that, especially in a city like New York where there's so much to do, yep. if you go to the new different thing all the time, you're never in a room with the same people. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you find one space and you're like, this space is cool, 
I'm going to yeah. show up. It's not the first time you meet the people. It's the fourth time mm-hmm. when you now know mm-hmm. who each other's names are and you've had small talk a few times that suddenly you like you cross that line. Yes. And I'm curious if you've found other tips and tricks for mm-hmm. uh, making those connections happen. Definitely. I would say, one, volunteer. Like, even if you have the money to buy the ticket, save the money. Yeah. Volunteer for the event. You will meet the person who is hosting the event. You will feel much, you will feel like you belong. Because for me, like, there's a community I'm part of called Medi Club that's a monthly meditation group. I've been going almost every month for it, two years. It always, every time that you say it, I immediately think that it's like a California, uh, like, medical marijuana <laughs> collective or something. Yes. But then I remember, I'm like, no, it's meditation. Meditation club, yeah. yes. Um, club Med. Club Med. It's a hotel in the Bahamas that I go to every month. I'm very wealthy. <laughs> um, so it's a monthly meditation club. And I started, and I would just always go and check people in. Like, that was my volunteer role. And people immediately thought that I was, like, involved in the organization in some way. The people who were running it took the time to have a conversation with me because I was helping them. And it sounds silly, but because I had this kind of fake authority position because I was like checking people in I felt more comfortable at the event totally you have a reason to be there I have a reason to be here like I'm helping I'm contributing I didn't just show up by myself and like awkwardly sit by myself and it's really hard to talk to people it's like no I've been here for an hour and a half before this thing started the ghost that's just looming on the edge of that two person conversation and like like, waiting can I join you will you give me a break or oh no I've stood here for too long and now it's weird for me to walk away without actually talking to you and you've just trapped me in limbo with that I literally have just started saying to people like going up to a circle and saying can I join your conversation it's like so on the nose, but that's exactly what I say. Enthusiastic consent. Enthusiastic consent. So many things that are awkward. If you just ask, it makes it so much better. Yep. I That was like one of the things that I learned early on in dating that I was just so thankful for. Is like, don't try and awkwardly move your face towards someone else's and hope that they're cool with getting kissed. Yeah. Just say, can I kiss you? Because mm-hmm. if they say no, you can pivot into, great, well, let's continue chatting. And like, everyone feels a lot better than yep. if you... And you're Just, like, my face is here. Are my, we good? Are we? No? Is this is this yes. happening? <laughs> yeah. Can I join your conversation? Mm-hmm. So volunteering, that's a huge one. Well, I think the volunteering thing is really great too because uh, with uh, modern dating, mm-hmm. often people just go and then do the resume exchange, and they're just the only other focal point is each other. Mm-hmm. When often I think a lot of studies have backed this up that when you're not just facing each other but when you're facing out at the world and you're mm-hmm. able to comment and explore that together yep. like if you walk around a museum together you're learning about the person from how they respond to these things that you're encountering mm-hmm. rather than telling you here's how many siblings I have here's what I do yep. this is what neighborhood I live in and so when you're a volunteer you get to have conversations that aren't hey can I join your conversation hey what like what's going on here yeah. you get to say oh I, I'm blah, blah, blah. Um, I need you guys to come over here. We're going to do this thing. Like, mm-hmm. I have to go talk to people. Like, I have a job. I have a function. Yep. And it's a nice scaffolding, mm-hmm. too. It's, like, great for social anxiety. Yeah. For sure. Actually, one of the women who is at the brunch I just hosted, I met because we were setting up chairs together at that meditation event. And yeah. then she was like, oh, we have some time before the event starts. Do you want to get coffee? Yeah. And then we got coffee. And it's, like, a year later and we're still friends. Yeah. The few times that I've met 
celebrities, it's always so much better when I meet them as like a representative of like I have a reason to talk to them. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, I'm volunteering at this thing and I have to like show you around. Yeah. And now we get to talk and it's mm-hmm. so much better than Ooh. Hey, I just want you to know that I know who you are and I like the thing that you did. Yeah. They're like yeah. Rad, bye. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to talk to this volunteer about like where I should get food later. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's so good. Uh another another trick that I found, uh hang out in bathroom lines. Yeah. Bathroom lines mm-hmm. are uh, a great place to chit-chat. Everyone's a little bit on the same mission, you know? <laughs> like, we all have full bladders. We all have full bladders. Whoa. We're sort of distracted by that, and then I think mm-hmm. that lowers the guard. I mean, you know, if it's a very douchey event, it's still going to be a, a, a shitty line. But yep. in general, yep. those spaces where people are open to uh, rubbing elbows a bit more. I'm trying to think if I've made a friend in a bathroom. Oh, I'll stand in a bathroom line when I don't even have to pee. If I'm at a party and it's like, I don't... <laughs> really? Oh my god, yeah, because it's like... I think when you go to an event by yourself, you're sort of struck because you're... You can get into a conversation, and then you've mm-hmm. got that, like, raft for a little bit, and then as soon as you're out, you're back in the void. Yeah. And taking out your phone looks kind of weird, and then you're not engaging. But just standing there and just, like, looking around feels kind of awkward. Yeah. And... That's been a practice for me. I've been challenging myself to literally do that, to, like, stand in a place and just look around and not do anything else. But that's not a good way to make friends. That's just a personal challenge. I try and do that, and I try and, like, smile when I'm doing that, Mm because I want to look like I'm just, like, this Zen master that's just, like, enjoying the moment and, like, being present. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm actively trying to do that more than I'm succeeding but then sometimes I'm like oh this is really against the grain like everyone else on this train or in this bar is looking at their phone and I'm just sitting here like smiling like a weirdo yep but then we can find the other weirdos yeah and then you're like oh hey other person not looking at their phone what's up yeah that makes me really sad like I see that a lot which is why I so appreciate events where people say like, I have a friend who hosts a dinner, and before the dinner starts, he takes everyone's phones, puts them in a lockbox, locks the lockbox. It can't be open for at least two hours, and he puts wow. it in a different room. That is hardcore. Is there, like, yeah. a dog guarding it? Yeah, there's there's also a dog. His name is Leo. He will bite your hand. <laughs> but I was like, the symbol of that being like, nope, we're here to focus on each other like you do not have your phone crutch like you cannot be like oh I'm like my husband might text me about a thing I've got to look at my phone it's like no don't look at it for two hours yeah yeah I mean when you ask someone to like I I guess when you personally are trying to be aware of the phone interaction Mm -hmm. it's really weird I for a while I was off of social media and I wasn't reading the news on my phone which were the two things that I would do if I was out with someone and they went to the bathroom and I just you know And I would constantly pull up my phone and I would look at it and I'd go, well, I'm not doing social media uh-huh. and I'm not going to the New York Times website. Yep. So I guess I'm going to just put this back in my pocket. And it was yep. just so weird how many times I found myself staring at that decision. It's such a, I, it's, that's actually hit me the past like three days because I recently got a new phone and I was like, all right, this is a time to start fresh. Yeah. So like. I have an app called Feedless, which takes the Facebook feed out of Facebook.com. I don't have Instagram. I have Facebook Messenger, but I have my, I also have my phone turned on black and white. So you don't have Instagram? No. So are you not using Instagram anymore? Well, so if I want to post something, I re-download Instagram, post wow. it, and then delete Instagram again. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, I, I totally hear you. It's like the weird convoluted things that we're stuck in this moment doing to um, take this control back. Yep. I, I'm of the opinion, you know, future listeners can maybe laugh at this if I get it horribly <laughs> wrong, but I feel like that's going to be a wave at some point where people are going to want tools that are customizable and built for them yeah. that allow them to put those, to basically, you know, mm-hmm. what a regular dance party is to uh, ecstatic dance or the get down yeah. to make just normal social media to this thing where you're like, it only shows me these friends that I like. Mm-hmm. It makes sure that like I'm not being exposed to weird hate memes from Russian trolls. Yeah. It, it has a timer so I'm aware of how much I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. It's not, a, they call it the endless soup. because the endless soup? Endless soup. Because they've done experiments where if you give people a bowl of soup that is uh, sneakily built so it's refilling with soup from like a little tube at the bottom uh-huh. they'll eat so much more soup until they say that they're full Yeah, and social media filled feeds are built that way where you never get to the bottom it's the endless yeah. scroll you're just going going, scroll. going that is so interesting and I've seen I have friends who are starting to do like workshops around that and retreats around that I really think of course like we live in New York City which I think is kind of the starting point for a lot of fads that will eventually spread. Sure. Um, maybe that's city-centric of me. But is that even a thing? I don't know. But that... like Only these, time will tell. Only time will tell. <laughs> that these workshops are filled with people who are like, please tell me how I can re- reduce my time on social media. Yeah. How I can stop like looking at my phone. Oh, but the reason I mentioned that was because even though I have all these things off of there now, like there's like, I can listen to a podcast... I can check my text messages. I can check to see if someone sent me a message on Facebook. That's it. Yeah. And I still will be like, okay, I'm at a conference and I'm waiting for someone to come back and I don't want to talk to anyone. And I'll like look and I've literally found myself opening Facebook and like, I know that there's nothing for me to look at and I still just take it out. It's like a, it's a little rectangular crutch. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is sad. I have a problem. Well, and what it's not unique to you. No, it's definitely and, not. And I think that's I think that's sort of the crux of this is when you go into an event and someone says you have to surrender your phone and you need to introduce yourself to like three people and wear this name tag. There's some people that are like, yo, why are you making me do these things? These rules are very obvious and they have this kind of pushback. But there's always these invisible rules. You're always playing some game mm-hmm. and with these other things, it's a game that you didn't necessarily consent to because the rules weren't announced. Yeah. It's like the iTunes where they have the long thing and it's like, you're not going to read this, just click this. Yeah. You know, you you thought that you were going out to one kind of event, but really this whole event is a marketing opportunity yep. for some other company to mm-hmm. sell you something or yeah. to, you know, have you feel lonely. So then you go buy 1.5 more drinks an hour because... The, the vibe is weird, you know? Uh, yep. Damn. I hadn't thought of that. Like, if bars had an incentive to make you feel socially uncomfortable so that you drink more? I mean, I don't know how Damn. often they intentionally do that, but I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing that I think people don't think about enough is there's so many things where there was a room full of people that sat around talking about you in the abstract. Yeah. You know, they were talking about... Maybe not you, Jillian, specifically, but your demographic mm-hmm. or people that were going to come to this space. And they were trying to figure out how to get you to comply with their goals. Yeah. And that's, I think, different than when you're creating an event and you're saying, here's our goals. Do these match with yours? Mm-hmm. 
then sign up and say here. yes and get in here and let's yeah let's do the thing let's make it cool yeah mm. so all right so i think we've <laughs> laid, hopefully that is like semi helpful to someone i think we've laid out the pieces but now you know this is a very proactive uh, yes. pragmatic podcast mm-hmm. and so let's let's get into spells okay what, what is our spell for how to how to create connection Oh my gosh, this is such a fun thing. Um, I'm thinking maybe like a spell around helping somebody find the confidence to enter new social environments that they Ooh. might not be comfortable with. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I we should I don't this this won't be our spell but I want to share this yes, as a tool that it. I had to use. So one thing that I started using when I was new in New York was this idea of observe, mm-hmm. enjoy, engage. Mm-hmm. Cuz I can put a lot of pressure on myself to like want to have that connection right away and yeah. then I feel like a loser if I'm standing there and everyone else in the space is chatting with somebody and I'm just like there. Yeah. And so I would be like, "Okay, let's just observe." You know? Mm-hmm. You made it here. You're at this cool thing. Mhm. Just what what are the dynamics? What are people doing? Like, what kind of funny things can you spot? Because yeah. you're paying attention. You're in a very way good at that. Nobody else is. And then just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Just try and have that kind of like meditative, like mm. ah, like look at like the swirl of people around me. And then instead of like I need to be the center of attention, I need to like make out with someone tonight or what a goal. Mm-hmm. Just engage, just to like break the seal a little bit, and you know, be like. I like your cool outfit person or like whatever the like small. (laughs) Hello person. I like your cool outfit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So yeah. How do we get people to build, build confidence? Mm. How do we help people? How do we help people? Okay. I'm not sure how this will tie in, but what has helped me was thinking of it as like a muscle. Like it's, At first, it was very difficult for me to go to something by myself or enter a space where I didn't know who the people would be. And now it's like second nature to me. And I feel like I had to trust that eventually this would be a thing that I would be not ever totally comfortable with, but it would be less anxiety producing and less scary and just more fun. Yeah. Um, And understanding that it is a process So perhaps like something around like accepting the feelings that exist and knowing that they are okay and trusting that like you will gain whatever it is from that situation. You'll do the reps. That you're going to, you're doing the reps. Yeah. Like to, to create a really wonderfully rich community of people It's taken me a lot of uncomfortable situations, a lot of getting out of my comfort zone, and a lot of talking to people who I didn't like. Yeah. So, like, it takes a lot of work, and it's an act of loving yourself to take that brave step. I love it. So, here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Is maybe we could give people... I would love for you to have like a little mantra that they could say to themselves. Mm. And so they can set this intention before they go out to some yes, event. Yes, I like this having this be like before the thing happens. It's like before the thing, you kind of set that intention. Mm-hmm. And then when you're there, we can find some exercise to help them like get a rep in. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we also have a model on this podcast. What's the least you can do? Yeah. Or maybe even like if you want to just like, you know, what's like there are. Our, our, our participant is at home 
They're by themselves. They're getting ready to go out, and this is what they're going to do right before they leave the house to just um, to just work the magic and let the magic work for them. I would say this is very simple, but I saw this in a book Simple's and I great. loved it, which is these are just people like me. Cool. I love that phrase. It is what Brene Brown says before she goes and has like a huge talk. She says yeah. to herself, she what she actually says, she just says people, people, yeah. people. She reminds herself that she's about to talk to people yeah. like her. Um, and that really helps me because it reminds me these, I would say, say either these are just people or these are just people who want connection. Yeah. Because that's what I like. These are just people like me. Yeah, these are just people like me. So how about how about this? So before you go out, take a moment to Mm -hmm. like you know close your eyes, settle in, take a deep breath, and then Mm. say to yourself, "These are just people like me." And then think about all of the other people that are going to be at that event, imagining them in their houses getting ready to come out as well, and they're saying the same mantra. Mm -hmm. And you know, as this podcast gets more and more successful. Maybe there will be lots and lots of people saying this mantra. Yeah. And then you get to meet them at the event and, uh, and have that connection and realize they really are. Oh my God, they're just people, people just like, like me. me. Yeah. What? I would love that. Yeah, it's so important. Okay, so you and I, sometime this week, this is what mm-hmm. we're going to do as our exercise before we yeah. go out to something. We're going to imagine all of the, the people like us mm-hmm. doing the spell just like us. Yep. And yeah, I love that. People just like me. And then just get the reps. Yeah. Just, I mean, you know, there's, um, I think there's a lot to be gained from lowering the stakes. And it's not about like, oh, I'm single. I need to meet someone. I need to go home with someone. I need yeah. to like make a best friend. But just to have a couple points of contact, because if you combine that with that repetition, it's like planting the seed. Mm-hmm. And that funny, you know, one little thing that you have in the line in the bathroom. Yep is a touch point that then later when you see that person, you're like, oh, hey, the funny thing. What was your mm-hmm. name again? And then the mm-hmm. next time it's Jillian, right? Yeah. And then... We had that funny bathroom moment. Oh and my then God. the fourth time it's like, oh my God, hey, here, come sit at the table with my friends. Are you here with anybody? Like, come over and sit with us. Mm-hmm. So great. I think this is going to be a great way to create connection. I love it. And it's so simple. Yeah. The whole concept of this, I'm just, I'm digging it. I'm loving it. Awesome. Well, thank you for creating this connection, Jillian. Thank you. I think we realize that we're we're both people just like us. Not me. I'm an owl. But everyone else. I'm not people. I'm a person. Oh, great. All right. Thank you, Jillian. <laughs> all right, all you people just like me. We've been talking today with Jillian Richardson of The Joy List. You can find more about Jillian and sign up for The Joy List at joylist.nyc. And as always, if you'd like to get more out of this ritual and strengthen your connection to the magic... You can find us at patreon.com slash this podcast is a ritual where a donation of $4.20 will make you a true participant in this ritual and a donation of $6.66 will make you a slightly better participant. Until next time, I'm Devin Person saying, I believe in you. Your magic is real.